0: Hello, everyone. I'm Bella and I'm Olivia, and we're prevention educators for New Directions, the Domestic Violence Shelter and Rape Crisis Center of Knox County, Ohio. You're listening to our podcast, Table Talks. We hope that listening to this podcast gives you an inside look into the world of domestic violence. Throughout this series, you will hear from individuals from all walks of life, from preventionists and advocates to survivors themselves and many other allies. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the podcast. Everybody and welcome to our table talk. Today we're sitting down with Katie our youth advocate and we are actually going to mix it up a little bit. So we've been going to classrooms and teaching and we're actually getting some good questions from students so we're just gonna answer some of the questions that they posed to us today. And our first question states, I know this is supposed to be about romantic relationships but I hope that it's okay if I deviate from that. My mom has always said nice things to me and doesn't Hit me, however, she and my family will say things to me sometimes, like I'll leave my phone upstairs for 10 minutes, miss three of my mom's calls, and she'll accuse me of ignoring her, or I'll say I don't feel like or want to play a game with my family, and they'll accuse me of hating them. And sometimes I'll do something or say something my mom doesn't like, like mentioning I don't have a lot of self-confidence, and she'll say I'm making her feel like she felt as a parent. Would this count as some form of child abuse? And I figured maybe since, Katie, you are the youth advocate, we would maybe call on you first for this one because I do kind of feel like as an advocate, you may have um, a unique perspective compared to maybe Olivia and I as prevention educators. So when you read this, like, what are your initial thoughts, I guess?
1: Well, it's awesome that you have that voice to tell your parents if you don't want to do something I mean never lose that because you do have the right to do whatever with your body and your time in a way but maybe I know sometimes it can get difficult being a teen and with everything else going on with like technology and all that it's important to harder when you get older too to build that bond with them
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean it's awesome that you feel safe enough to mention this and maybe align it with abuse but you're having that open conversation that can be difficult for parents to hear so sometimes parents don't like hearing you know I'm not really confident in who I am or whatnot because that may feel like they're not giving you something to build that confidence. Yeah. So that might be why your mom may say, like, like, she feels like she failed you because as a parent, you know, they want to be able to provide you with guidance mm-hmm. and to build up that strength and empowerment within. Yeah. That when they hear that, it may come to them as that, but it's not really towards you intentionally.
0: And that's honestly, I feel like, a perspective I didn't really think about. Because, <clears throat> you know, we see and hear the youth side. Oh. Um, and you as well, being the youth advocate. But I never thought of that, like, how that could sound as a parent. Like, hearing your child say, like, I really don't have self-confidence. or Because I, I imagine that would be hard to hear. Because, like what, like, what do you do in that situation? Like, how do you help? a that's a tough thing to be dealing with, especially as a teenager.
1: Yeah, and especially, I mean, it's hard to receive compliments too. So if you bring awareness that you don't have no self-confidence or you're lacking in a certain area and your parent may say, like, well, I feel like I failed you or whatnot, that parent's going to try to find ways to make you feel empowered Mm -hmm. that may come off to you as, like, why are they trying now? Like, is it because I brought attention to it? Like, do they really mean it? Like, they haven't said this before. So, like, I always say, like, sometimes having those conversations can be hard Mm -hmm. and being vulnerable in that state of mind, but seeing both sides of it. And sometimes that's hard in a conversation, Mm -hmm. especially with a teen and a parent. Because you're starting to be yourself and have different hobbies and coming out of your comfort zone that may not be the same as your family Mm -hmm. So I mean that can relate to not wanting to play a board game or watch TV with your family like you have different hobbies that Mm -hmm. they may not know about or Do themselves so yeah
0: Do you have any advice then on how to find a common ground or how to find a way to connect even through that then?
1: Yeah I think just keep trying to be open, but keep an open mind with it. Like, if you bring attention to how you feel about yourself to your parent, that's you coming to your parent and saying, like, you know, I am struggling with this, Mm -hmm. and I do need to talk to someone about this, and you're my safe person. So sometimes making that known to your parent, like, you know, you are, my, you are my safe person, and I want to have this conversation with you because I feel like I can't have it with anyone else. Mm-hmm. That can make a parent feel good to have that mm-hmm. yeah. and feel like you're trusting them. Because when you're a little kid, you know, you're not a teenager yet, your parents are your whole world sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or whatever guardian or caregiver you have, they're your whole world. And then when yeah. you get older, you know, you start to learn that you will have different relationships and you'll meet different adults that may have an impact on who you are and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So being aware that conversations do need to happen. yeah, And not coming in like a aggressive way or with a tone, just in a common voice of, you know, this is what's going on or this is what I want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Or, and sometimes I'll learn like, You do need your space just as much as they are. And you have your own stress just like they have their stress. And it can be on different spectrums. Like, it can be something easy for them to handle, but it could be really difficult for you to handle. So, conversations are hard. Conversations can be awkward. I mean, but not giving up on that relationship is important.
0: Yeah. And I think that's something... Well, I don't think. I know. That's something that we... Excuse me. really talk about when we are in the classes. Yeah. And I think sometimes when, when we go in and, and we're talking about healthy relationships, because this even says, I know this is supposed to be about romantic relationships. It's not. Mm-hmm. A relationship is a relationship, no matter if it's a romantic relationship, a friendship, or a family relationship. And so just as much as open and proper communication is important, With a romantic partner, it's Mm -hmm. equally as important when it comes to family, and in the situation, parents.
1: Yeah, Yeah, we learn what we want in relationships by our closest relationships, too. So, teens are very observant, and they observe relationships that their parents may have, or with even their friends or whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we learn our boundaries and whatnot by what we see and hear. Mm-hmm. So, I completely agree with that.
0: And going off of that too, a relationship is a work in progress. Yes. And I think sometimes that can be the hardest thing because something that may have worked last week may not work this mm-hmm. week, whether mm-hmm. that because of the circumstances or the situation or maybe even how youth are feeling or how parents are feeling in the moment. So, just really trying to Look at people for who they are But also seeing what's happening in the moment too And being intentional in the moment exactly. Can help with that open and honest communication
1: yeah. yeah And you're able to feel a type of way About the conversation too mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. not to hide Your emotions or whatnot, Because sometimes emotions bring people closer Because mm-hmm. if you're walking in And just not showing any emotions on your face Or what is Concerning or frustrating you The other person may not understand because body language speaks a lot more than voices sometimes. And people are very observant and they can know when a conversation is difficult by just watching your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's That's true. That's even like your body really tenses up or, you know, you're messing with your hands a lot when you're having this because that indicates that, like, this is difficult for you Mm -hmm. or not Mm -hmm. making eye contact, like, I know eye contact can be awkward sometimes, but in a conversation, you know, a lot of people are like, well, look at me in my eyes. Like, I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. And that can create, you know, a wall and be like, okay, do I have the confidence to talk about this? Because you do. Just, you
0: know. Yeah. And it can be scary. I'm mm-hmm. Like, and especially because I remember when I was a teenager, like, anytime I wanted or felt I needed to confront one of my parents like that's a really intimidating thing because sometimes I feel like some teenagers may feel like well I'm just a kid like what's like how is what I have to say gonna make any big difference but it's okay to approach your parents or guardians or other members of your family and even friends and romantic partners and say you know maybe you didn't mean harm by this but what you said really upset me and like I want to talk about it and I want to work on it and I want to fix it so this can't Mm -hmm. so this doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. and we're not feeling this way again
1: and we're raised to respect our parents and sometimes that may come off of you not respecting them but Mm -hmm. they're going to respect you more if you are being who you want to be Mm -hmm. too
0: for sure and I think to, not, I think, I know, but giving <laughs> parents a chance to yeah. be there for you and giving them a chance to hear what you have to say. They're there, parents, caregivers, guardians, they're there to take care of you and they want to hear from you, so continue to use your voice and speak up. Yeah, yeah. couldn't agree more. And I think this ties actually into our next question How do I improve my relationships? I feel like, kind of just drawing from the question we just talked about, communication is a big factor. Um, When I read this question, I kind of interpreted it as, like, I have these relationships. They're maybe not where I want them to be. How do I improve them? Mm -hmm. And if we're looking at it from that um, viewpoint, my first... Thought is communication, communication, communication. Because if people don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, what's what's wrong or what what could be going better, how can they fix it, you know?
1: Yeah. Most importantly, though, when you're having a conversation with someone and being aware, you can only control your own actions in the conversation, Mm -hmm. and you can only control how you react. So... Keeping that in mind that you are going to have different perspectives as who you're in the, you know, if it's a parent or caregiver or guardian or even a friend or your partner, you're going to have a different perspective in whatever kind of conversation and being open minded with that and just be aware of yourself and Mm them. Because
0: it's okay to have different thoughts and opinions as somebody else. But it's all in the way that you approach those conversations and being respectful and open and honest with one another. And then going off of that, finding ways to connect is a huge way to improve relationships. So whether whether this is finding things that you have in common or experiencing new things together, this will allow you to just build different experiences, you
1: know, and... And creating that bond. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's okay to also ask for something that you need. Like, if you want more time Mm -hmm. alone with that person, it's okay to ask for that. Like, hey, like, you and I haven't hung out, just the two of us in a while. Like, do you maybe want to go get dinner? Do you want to go see a movie? Um, I know things are maybe a little bit different right now, but, um, or even asking, like, hey, I just need some space for a while to get my thoughts in order, to just, you know, focus on myself. So, in relationships it is totally okay to ask whoever that person is for things that you need no matter what that may be our next question is how do you tell someone about being harmed and how not to be scared well starting off with this question it's important to find or identify a trusted adult and By doing so, one, you're going to feel more comfortable when you're speaking about what you've experienced, but also, two, finding that trusted adult that's there to help you will help to guide you to the right resources Mm -hmm. or to the right person that you need to talk to in order to get help. And, you know, that feeling of being scared, it's hard because that might not go away. And it's okay to be scared. Yeah. Like, when we're talking about, you know, we get these questions when we're talking about um, power-based personal violence and these are some scary situations mm-hmm. and so these feelings of being scared are totally normal
1: and to also go off that knowing that you did nothing wrong mm-hmm. you're yeah. not going to go and telling your safe person that it's not you that did something wrong mm-hmm. you're trying to just get help with it
0: for sure and then also, um, we kind of put these two questions together because we thought they were closely related. Um, someone else asked ways people can get help if the person harming them is close by. This question made me honestly think of bystander intervention, but I know we talk about it from the perspective of somebody looking in on a situation, but from what this person is asking is, what do I do mm-hmm. in order to get help? And... Yeah. I I thought about like making a distraction whether that's even just yelling for help because that'll for sure get people to turn but I don't
1: yeah I I think it just depends on where you're at and who Mm -hmm. you're with Yeah. so I mean if you're at a friend gathering or whatnot, you're mostly always gonna be with like a friend Mm in that moment so I know when I was like a teenager even today like Whenever my friends go somewhere that may feel uncomfortable or whatnot, and I may feel uncomfortable with them going there, we come up with, like, a code word Mm -hmm. to put in, like, a group, like, a chat or whatnot that we have. So, in that moment, I would know something's wrong. Or my Mm -hmm. friend would, too, though. I mean, I have that. I do that personally, too. But also sharing my location with someone, too, at that moment. So yeah.
0: safety planning.
1: Safety planning and making sure where you're going is an open area, and that it's not going to be a closed off. Mm-hmm. Especially if this is maybe the first time you're meeting with someone yeah, or yeah. a first time of being with someone alone that you may have a relationship with but no one around. Mm-hmm. So making sure you're going to a public place. And, I mean, if you are in a lone place, say at home or whatnot, you know, use that voice. And in that moment and yell for help. But also, in that home, there should always be someone else within that Mm -hmm. home with you. Mm -hmm. So, especially if you're a teenager or whatnot, you shouldn't be alone anyway sometimes. So, just keeping, you know, keeping yourself in between the person in a door maybe or an Mm -hmm. exit view that if something happened, you could go.
0: And if you have your phone, too, and you're able to take it out, calling the cops is always an option, Mm -hmm. if you can. But just so that's in the back of your mind, like, they are there to help you. And even if you have someone on the phone, they're there and they're listening. So somebody can come and help you, hopefully. Mm -hmm. And with that said, we are also always here for youth. Um, If anyone has any questions about anything you may be dealing with or anything you've heard that maybe you have more questions about, um, you're always welcome to call our 24-7 hotline number, which is 740-397-4357. So feel free to give us a call if you have any questions or concerns. And this wraps up today's student questions podcast but we're always getting questions so we are going to be coming out with a few more of these as time goes on but thank you Katie for being here and helping us um, kind of just work through these questions that youth are dealing with and that youth have Um, but that's all we have for today and we will see you all in our next podcast